You're listening to the most fraudulent F1 podcast with Dan, a.k.a. Engine Lord 11. I secretly moonlight as Helmut Marco at race weekends. And Blake, a.k.a. Break. Echo chambers of farts and idiots on Twitter after races. It's the engine breaking F1 podcast. Boom. Get it up, yeah. Episode 30, believe it or not. We made it, ladies and gentlemen. We made it. We made Congratulations, it. we've not been cancelled. Uh, FOM Media have not kicked our doors down. Helmut Marco has not taken us out with a sniper. Um, yeah, 30 episodes deep. We're doing well. It's, which, is, which is impressive considering the amount of shithousery and fraudulence. And uh, we're doing our best to uh, keep this alive. So uh, welcome. Yeah. Who are you? Who are you again? Well, I was going to say, speaking of we, uh, I am Dan, a.k.a. Engine Mode 11. Uh, six years as a F1 senior systems engineer at Red Bull, and uh, I'm joined by my wonderful social media husband, uh, Blake, aka Break. And why don't you give your credentials, my friend? Um, much like you, I'm still living from Red Bull for six years. Uh, three years the the track, a couple of years in the simulators, performance engineer, did a performance engineer track side at Force India. So we did. I spent I spent a lot of time in the traveling circus in the track side world of Formula One. And now I'm here. I'm full-time content creator. You, you're holding down a real job and doing iRacing content, which is new on your YouTube, by the way, Engine Mode 11, Dan's YouTube. Check it out. Um, you, that, was a, that, was a close, that was a close win. If you haven't subbed to Dan's YouTube channel, get involved. He's, he's got the steam back. The iRacing content has reignited it. And I, I, I do a lot of analytical, technical analysis. It's, and I've had people put comment on my YouTube. They're like, who is this Blake? This is a completely different Blake to the podcast because it's like kind of serious and stuff. But uh, yeah, hmm. but but that's that's what yeah. we're doing right now. So, so if you're this- here, sorry, I was going to say, if you're here and you're expecting some deep technical analysis based on hard, cold facts, uh, go find another fucking podcast because we ain't got a clue what we're talking about. I, I try to, I, I sprinkle in a little bit every now and then, but sometimes it's kind of hard to tell when I'm serious, but I, I do make it clear. Every now and then I'll get on, I'll get on my pedestal, but for the rest of that, uh, break F1 on YouTube. But anyway. Yeah, we're here we- to hashtag make F1 fun again. So what do we got for everybody today? We've got a little bit of F1 news. We've got a couple topics. Um, Dan and I, uh, I you've, you've been into endurance racing for a while, and I've, I'm starting to get the itch since watching the uh, Nürburgring 24. I recently attended the Le Mans 24 for the first time ever, despite living in the UK for 12 years, which is fraudulent. And uh, then we're going to look at a little Canada preview uh, a word from some of our friends. We got a little quiz that Dan has done for me this week. Uh, then we'll get into our predictions. And at the end of the podcast, we're going to do our random fandom draw where we get assigned a team at random to gas them up and be objective and constructive about them because we're not that biased. Just because Red Bull used to pay us doesn't mean that we can't be honest about other teams as well. So we have to take our bias hats off and uh, give a report card on our team each at the end of the podcast. So yeah. stick around for that. Uh, but we're going to we're going to pick our teams for Canada, who we'll be talking about in the follow up episode next Monday. And if you're wondering, we do record these live on twitch.tv front slash break with three hours. But if you're miss if you're watching this on YouTube, don't hit don't forget to hit that subscribe button. If you're on Spotify, leave us, leave us a five star review if you like it. And if you hate it, tell us why you hate it. Um, it's OK if you hate me because I'm American. I don't know about motorsport. It's fine. Yeah, no, it's true. He hasn't got a fucking clue what he's talking about. Um, the only reason that he survived as long as he did working in F1 is because he worked in the simulator and nobody could see him in the dark. So 
only when they turn the lights on to, to paint and clean the floors they're like oh fuck Blake's been sat in the corner there for six years yeah oh hey yeah, yeah they were, as soon as I told them I wanted to leave the trackside job they're like alright you're dead to us screw you go into the bin I'm like okay sorry guys oh. but anyway before we get too deep into as well uh, muchos apologies for the slightly delayed release of this episode uh, you have me to blame for that as I double booked myself for dad duties and uh, Blake, it's not necessarily his fault, but I'm going to throw him under the bus a little bit as well in that uh, he managed to get lost in Paris on the way home. <sighs> I was indeed in Paris. Uh, our, our flight got cancelled from Paris on Sunday night coming back from Lamar, which we'll get into that in a second. So uh, talk to me. What do we got on the news? What do we got on the news, mate? Talk F1 news. news. All right, Giza. Right. So F1 news. Oh, oh no. Disaster. My soundboard's not working. Okay. We will, fine. We'll, 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 we'll make it up as we go along. Uh, insert a toot toot there. Uh, so Tire Wars apparently are back. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, there's there's some rumours that we may have uh, a secondary uh, entrant into the uh, tyre manufacturer list. The arena of tyre manufacturers. But... Uh, we're not going to have a tire war because the regu- current regulations, as far as I understand, do not allow two tire suppliers. So, so Bridgestone, Bridgestone have put their hat in the ring uh, to say they would like to be running for, I believe it's the 2025 tire supply, which is, which is interesting. And let's, 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 let's detour off of that. So we've got Pirelli have won every Formula One world championship for how long now? Over, it's, uh, been, a, it's, it's been, been a minute. It's been a while, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, since Bridgestone was solo, but yeah, the grooved slicks, God, please don't, don't talk about those disgusting, but so since 2011, Pirelli have been the sole supplier. They've dominated Formula One, but Bridgestone are like, you know, we'd like to have a go. Uh, Michelin, not interested, I think, unless there's competition, which is interesting, but some people say that a tire war is bad for Formula One because the 2005 US Grand Prix, do you remember that one? I don't remember watching it live, um, but I remember like what happened in the fallout after, if that makes sense. So yeah, a quick a quick backstory. Yeah, run it, run it back that. for us. So back in two thousand and five, there were two tire suppliers: Ferrari, Jordan, and Minardi. They had Bridgestone, the Japanese manufacturer, and the other seven teams on the grid had Michelin, the French tire manufacturer. It's the Indy Grand Prix. So in the U.S. Grand Prix in Indianapolis, it's the road course, oval course. Uh, Ralph Schumacher crashes in free practice due to a rear left failure, the high-speed banked corner. Um, There's the inside rear, which is interesting, but that's what happens when you have the unloaded tire with weird stress on it. He was injured. He was replaced by Ricardo Zonta, who also crashed in the exact same way with the same failure mechanism. So there was a huge thing between the teams and the FIA and the rights holders, and they're like, do we add a chicane? Do we limit car speeds to this corner of this, that, the others? and yeah, there's a lot of back and forth and lots of shit. And then, and then, they, yeah, they also talked about adding a chickeny, a chicane into that to cut it down. But that yeah. would have meant that the circuit was no longer uh, officially the circuit. So it wouldn't count towards the championship points. There's all sorts of back and forth. There's all sorts of back and forth. Um, so what happens on Sunday? All the cars take the grid. And then on the formation lap, all 14 cars that were shod with Michelin tires drove into the pit lane and retired. 
And yeah. I believe, I believe Michelin had issues the year before, but people are saying, oh, we can't have a tire war because we'll have a repeat of this. That was a Michelin fuck up. Uh, Pirelli have had tire issues, huge tire issues in the past 10 years as well, which have requ required huge changes to the operating conditions and everything else, which is not a problem because they're the sole supplier. So if you bump up the pressure for three PSI for everybody and the tires are slow as hell, everybody's slower and nobody any of the wiser. Um, so yeah, the next question I have for you it is, is, what you is, a tire, is a tire war good for Formula One? Uh, I don't think it is. So I don't like another element being thrown in, which I know this is quite amusing because I think we spoke about this last time and I said when we compared IndyCar to F1 and I was like, no, no, I don't want a spec series. Um, and I don't want a spec series, but I want a spec tyre. Mm. I just, I, I'm just not overly convinced that sticking another engine, another tyre manufacturer in is, is going to help. I think it's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what do we have? We had, uh, oh, who was it that um, designed their tyres pretty much specifically for Ferrari and basically fuck everyone else? Was it Michelin? It was Bridgestone. Bridgestone, okay, yeah. No, it was Bridgestone, basically. We only designed tyres for Ferrari, fuck everyone else. Yeah, I mean, I they, had tires on, like that. they had tyres on Minardi and, and Jordan. And that was that was a Jordan podium, and I believe that was Schumacher's only win of 05, wasn't it? Is that correct? I believe uh, that's correct. Why not? Sure. Who, who's well, anyway, check? No one's going to check. Nobody's going to check. This is fully fraudulent. So I don't think a tire war is good either for the same reason. Like it just basically adds another variable performance differentiator. And it's something that doesn't really add to the show. It's like if everybody has the same tires, great. If everybody had the same gearboxes, great. I mean, like I, I feel like the fact that we're, we're shrinking down so much development on certain areas, adding a tire manufacturer war just goes completely against all that. You know, we simplified the suspension. We've got rid of the inertia dampers, the inerters or J dampers or whatever, all sorts of stuff. Um, I don't think it's the right thing to do. And I don't think it fixes anything. I think it just adds another narrative and talking point. But we got plenty of narratives like George Russell saying that some drivers don't have any awareness. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Pot, kettle, black. Yeah. What, what was he thinking? Mm, mm, mm. But anyway, uh, Next, next point in the news, we've, we've heard some rumors that the German manufacturer Audi might not be ready for 2026. What do we, what do we know about that? I, I keep seeing that on Twitter and I think you, you dug into that one. Yeah. So basically where are we at? Uh, Audi's first full hybrid unit. So basically that's the combustion engine, electric motor, battery, uh, ECU, uh, is not scheduled to start running on the dyno until the end of this year. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, well, it's, what is it, 2023? Does yeah. it come in until 2026? What does it matter? Uh, well, it kind of does matter because apparently Ferrari have already started this work a few weeks ago, which would put Audi behind by about six to eight months. So not a great start there for Audi. They've got some leniency, obviously, you know. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm going back on that. They haven't got any fucking leniency at all because they did all the Porsche engine and all that, didn't they, for uh, Le Mans, which is similar. So, no, you don't get a pass from me. I've changed my mind. Um, you know, we know their dynos are yet to be brought up to current F1 standards. 
Um, but they should be able to catch up because as a new engine supplier, they are allowed to spend $10 million more than everyone else in 2023. So this year, 2024, oh. and then it drops down to 5 million in 2025. So they've got some money to catch up. And that's an interesting, I'm, I'm, I could be misspeaking, mis but isn't that the thing why Red Bull powertrains also got that additional budget allowance as well? Because it's a new entry despite licensing some of the technology or for, for the previous engine, like they've got a head start. Is that, is that the case or not? I've, I do not know. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember reading somewhere that Red Bull may have lost that because it was determined that really it was just a Henry ah, engine. Okay. Okay. But I, yeah, completely interesting. Wrong. I'm not yeah. checking that live, but I, I remember something like that. Well, I think what we need to do is maybe we have a little roundup of the engine wars incoming because I, I feel like it's a little bit far off and I've wanted to do some content about the new v, the, the new engines, but it's just, it's not, people aren't that interested in it now. For, for right now, we can throw everybody under the bus and say Audi are maybe a little bit behind everybody else. So, yeah. I, I think you, yeah, I think so they're not I'm happy with the progress. Yeah, I wasn't leaving you hanging there i just pressed the wrong button on my soundboard i don't know what's going uh, on today what a disaster anyway um sorry yes and apparently uh rumors swirling around that the audi board uh are pretty pissed off with the progress so far and they've been a little bit outspoken to people in german media about it so yikes drama already before they even officially hit the grid yeah sauber no no sauber another year in the mud let's um Let's change gears real quick to talk about the Lamar 24 hour, because this was my first time to go to the event and I was completely blown away. And I've got a couple of, I'm going to start with a couple of outlandish statements. Go for it. Here's, here's, here's the first one. I know I did pay to fly to the U S to go to the U S Grand Prix last year, which was the first U S the first formula one race that I've ever been to as a spectator. I've done, I think 120 races as an engineer at the track, but I've never been to a Grand Prix as a spectator. And uh, that was my first go of it and i really enjoyed it um it was expensive uh it was crowded tickets i got tickets super cheap and other people weren't so lucky and getting grandstands would have been very very expensive um it was fun and then i flew over to france and went to the Le Mans 24 and uh, i had my mind blown about how amazing that racing event was especially as somebody that doesn't really know a whole lot about endurance racing yet. I, I found the whole thing. I was fortunate. So if you remember a couple episodes ago, we had our buddy Joao Jeanette on the show. Um, he spent a couple years in endurance racing. So basically, I just annoyed the living shit out of him for 24 hours talking about race cars. And it was, it was insane. Just there's so much stuff going on. But I really think as a product now that we have the hypercar class endurance racing and WEC and, and, and IMSA and all the other European Le Mans series and all that are going to be super, super interesting. And if you're not involved in that, check it out. Um, and I think I'm going to do some, start doing some tech and performance analysis on WEC because we can just keep rinse repeating the same boring shit. Like, Hey, Red Bull's a lot faster than anybody else, or we can expand our horizons a little bit. And I would love to share some of that tech and analysis and insight with you guys and I, I happen to have a couple of friends in the space that can help a fact check me and uh, keep me in line and keep you guys informed. But uh, I think that's super exciting. So I've got a question. I've got yeah, a question. Go for it. The Triple Crown. If you're not familiar with the Triple Crown, that is winning three very prestigious events. It's the Indy 500, 
the Monaco Grand Prix, and the 24 Hours of Le Mans. One of these, to me, is not like the others. And there's two of them that aren't like the others. I, I, I feel like now, why the fuck is Monaco Grand Prix on that list? I was, that was, was going to be my uh, choice. Why, why, why is the Monaco Grand Prix on that list? Maybe before, maybe before it makes sense. But right now, like this, the current modern state of the Monaco Grand Prix, it's another Formula One race. There's nothing exciting about it. It's literally only hype. It's not good. It's not even a spectacular race. All you have to do is qualify and not fuck up your strategy. Monaco is, you know, like, it, don't I, get me wrong. It's a, it's a cool race. I'd be as bold as to say that if we remove the Monaco and make it an entire F1 championship, so you have to have an entire F1 championship, a Le Mans 24 win, and then an Indy 500 win. I would, I would take that. But, like, Monaco now, the cars are insanely reliable. So you don't have like lots of attrition. Um, yeah. You can't overtake. There's no racing. It's like it's just I mean, like to me, it's not a shit. It's not a shit on the Monaco Grand Prix, but it is kind of very very easy for me and you to sit here in our offices talking yep. to our microphone saying that Monaco's fucking overrated, isn't it? Um, you know, both sitting here as if we wouldn't jump at the fucking chance to go out on a yacht in Monaco if we were invited. That's us. Again, we are the sellouts. Um, yeah, but yeah. I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? It's like the Monaco's the the standout one because even like now, in terms of a season in F one, like limit it to F one, Monaco is just another race now, really, isn't it? It is. It is literally like, and I, I my first season in it, and I'm in in 2012. It was my first season, and Monaco was my second race because I started slightly late that season. I was like, okay, this is really cool, and like I understand why this is historically interesting, but it's literally another Grand Prix. It's just like, it's just another Formula One race race. The Le Mans 24 hour. Holy shit. The Indy 500. Another holy shit. I get winning Monaco is super hard because you have to have basically the fastest car or get lucky in qualifying with uh, weather or something else. But otherwise, fastest car driver with the least self-preservation that can keep it out of the barriers will win. But I feel like that's a lot of tracks. That's a lot. Of, that's, that's Baku. That's Singapore. That's street circuits in general. So... I don't know. I don't know. I'm not too crazy about it. But let's talk about a couple uh, lines from the Le Mans 24. And this is me, not as an endurance racing expert. This is me as a, a newly converted, soon-to-be full fucking enthusiast of the, uh, of the sport. You're all to about that being, life now, aren't you? That being said, um, one of the most influential documentary films in me wanting to be in motorsport was The Truth in 24, which I believe was 2008. Uh, Audi's uh, covering basically the lead up to Audi's fight for the 24 win. And it was, it was so cool. It's such a great film. And if you haven't watched the truth in 24, watch it. And there's a second one as well. Um, yep. Go watch both of those films. If you want a reason to get excited, watch that. I'm pretty sure um, they're both free on YouTube. They are. They are. So let's go. But um, the event, there's a couple, there's a couple threads that are worth talking about. Ferrari won a championship or they won a race, which is the, they one of the most prestigious races. Uh, will any of those drivers have a chance at the Triple Crown? I don't, I don't, no, I don't know. I, I don't so. see James. I don't see James Collado or Giovinazzi uh, back in F1 Antonio, car. No, no, uh, no, no, no. I don't think so. Mm. I reckon Max could do it. 
The, the triple. Yeah, I reckon he, he'd probably consider it. You know what he's like. Yeah, yeah, um, I think that's. Yeah. Right, because I, I, I reckon I, I one day I'm gonna see if he needs an engineer for the twenty four, and I'll go start working on some P twos to learn the uh, the ropes. But we'll uh, we'll wow. link up again. You say that. Talk to me again. Completely off topic. Now they, well, they haven't technically ditched LMP two from Le Mans. They've got ah. a number of special places for it next year, but LMP two is being removed from the WEC season. That is correct, year and being replaced with. I've forgotten already. Was it? It wasn't LMP three, was it? Maybe it was LMP three. No, I can't remember. No, I think I think most of the WEC. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's going to be GT three and hypercar will be WEC. And oh, then okay. for and then for Le Mans 24 hour, the P2s will be back in for the a special event. But the P2s will still race at European Le Mans series and Asian Le Mans series, I believe. So I think that's my rough understanding of it. And this is super interesting. And there's a lot going on. And I'm going to start doing some content on it because I want to learn. I'm going to share. Um, and yeah, and IMSA as well. Yeah, we're going to Le Mans next year, aren't we? We've decided privately. It's happening. Line. It's we happening. Are, but we are going. Did you see uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Fabio Scherer, who was one of the winners in the P2, one of the drivers for the winning P2 car. Uh, yes, successfully he, managed to have his uh, foot run over in the pit lane by a, com- a, Cor- a Corvette GT car, um, and basically spent the rest like what another twelve hours or whatever was left, basically hopping around. And uh, yeah, what what a what a champ broke his foot and finished and you saw him doing the driver changes he's literally hopping on one leg hobbling out to the pit lane to get back in the car the doctors got him sorted suited booted and sent it that was super cool but here's here's what i was really happy about and i felt a little bit patriotic at the 24 hours Le Mans. the the american presence was pretty cool so there's two inst- the three instances really that were stood out to me one uh, obviously the Corvette taking, I believe their ninth Le Mans win with the, uh, was it the C8R? Fucking fantastic. But I think something that even overshadowed that, despite the fact that it was the innovative category, which is not regulated. Um, and it's basically a, a, an exhibition class and they come and they try to compete. They took yep. a NASCAR cup car and they spent some time adapting it. They went to carbon, carbon brakes. They changed part of the rear crush structure. Uh, they saved a lot of weight. They didn't have power restrictions. They had some more arrow bits on it. I'm sure they changed the fuel cell a little bit as well. This thing was fucking insane. It was driven by uh, my Rockefeller, yeah, Jimmy Johnson, NASCAR driver, yeah. and Jensen Button. Yeah, what a what a fucking legend. Uh, that car. Yeah, I I, I still get emotional about it. I put some videos on Twitter the of it going it. by. It just sounded fucking amazing. Oh my god! Yeah. Every time I saw it, and and they they finished a couple laps down, but. I mean, okay, they, they didn't have uh, regulations that were, you know, comparable to the GTE, uh, LMGTE class. So it, that was the GT class. But, I mean, the thing was fast, and it was outright faster than those cars. It had more power, less regulations, whatever. But it was still, like, it made me proud to be American, even yeah. though I don't really consume much NASCAR content because I just don't have time. But the other one was the Cadillac. The Cadillac was spectacular. They got P3, P4. Uh, in the hypercar class and that thing sounded fucking stunning it would leave the pit lane on the battery and then the, it would basically bump start straight into the uh roaring disgusting v8 sound it was uh it was insane i loved it i loved every second of that race i can't wait to go back i met 
quite a few people that I hadn't seen in a while. I missed running into quite a few people. So, uh, my God, I'm, I'm just so excited for this. I've, I'm more excited for this than the Canadian Grand Prix. <laughs> oh, geez. It's happening. Uh, I hate it here. I hate it here. But, uh, spectacular them spectacular event if you if you're not interested in endurance racing come join us come join us we're, we're totally hooked in but yeah but was there anything else from lamar uh i mean probably um watching everyone spin off and when it started raining was quite quite amusing <laughs> um yeah no it's just it was good times all around how busy was it there because i i've it was it was slammed yeah, but it was, it was it was slammed but it wasn't like that terrible. Like we've always found places to stand and watch. We stand, stood at Tete Rouge a couple of times. We stood at the top of Dunlop. We went down to Arnage at night. Uh, it was, it was, it was packed and it was insane. But for, here's, here's an example. I was in the area between the paddock going to other grandstand seats. So this is just where any punters can go. And between that is the place where the drivers walk to, uh, the, the motorhomes and stuff. And I was standing there going to the grandstands and Boimi walks out who I'm, I'm good buddies with. And I was able to catch him, say hi, chat with him for five minutes or something, three or four minutes at least. And one person came up and was like, Hey, and th this guy wasn't like, Hey, let me grab your photo, grabbing him and shit like that. He was like, uh, he said in French, good luck, Mr. Boimi. And I was like, and that was it. And he just gave him a thumbs up and yeah. like, it was, it was respectful. I, I got to, I ran into a caveat. I hadn't seen him in a while. Um, he had a, he had an unlucky final stint or late yeah, in the night. I think yeah. he he crashed out quite hard, and he was he was pretty bummed out about that. But that's racing. Uh, but it was it was different though. Like the environment was different, and if it was F one, I don't think the the majority of the fans would have that much respect for the people. I even I even felt bad harassing Seb. It's like I know him. <laughs> But it was fun. Uh, but we, we missed probably the most important thing of all. Ferrari won a fucking race. They did, but does, uh, uh, does that mean? I don't know. I, I no, think... could, nah, it's not. If, and if you're wondering, the, the wager that Dan met was if Ferrari win the Drivers or Constructors Championship, which was implied in Formula One, we would Panda drive. Yeah. You know, to Marinella with a hand written, but like at least maybe now if we do the panda trip, there's a reason to do it. Yeah, where's where's so, technically it's run by uh, was it AF Corsa? Where are they based? Silverstone. Oh, well, there you go. Then we're going up there. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking the trip yeah. to Silverstone instead. It's like 25 minutes from my house. Uh, ciao, AF Corsa. I want to. Here's a cool story. Uh, one of the, my the my mechanics, one of the mechanics on Max's car, Oscar was the number yes, one yeah. for the winning car. And I was stood in the grandstands, right? And he was just down below us. And he was, he was getting fucking emotional. I got tears in my eyes watching him so happy. It was, it was a beautiful thing, man. Oscar is a fucking legend. But um, congratulations to uh, Ferrari and of course uh, for the uh, 24 hours of Le Mans outright win. Yep. That was 100, 100 years anniversary, 50 years since they've been in it. Um, yep. We got Robert Super cool. on on pole, uh, not pole. Sorry, on the podium. He's Polish. He's Polish. Uh, yes. <laughs> we've, got, we've got the pole on the podium in P uh, two. Uh, Robert Kubica, nation, rise up! Now is your time. Go on, lad. So that was cool. Go on, lad. Him. Yeah, that was that was super cool. So, yeah. Um, 
I, I want to go back to that event. I want to, I want to go to, hopefully I can sneak in another WEC race this year. Uh, I'm trying to get my ass out to the 24 hours of spa in a couple weeks, a month from now, roughly. Uh, it's a, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So fingers crossed we're I'm getting, I'm getting somewhere. I'm getting somewhere, but congrats to Ferrari. Um, Toyota, not too happy with the BOP changes. Uh, they came P2, the number eight car with uh, Buemi, Hartley, and uh, Rio. Is it Hirakawa? I, I would. I apologize uh, if I butchered his yeah, name. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I didn't pay that much attention to it either. Yeah, but but very cool. Very cool. Um, let's go. Let's go talk about... Before we get into that, do you, uh, do you want to say hi to our friends real quick? Is it time for that? Sure, why not? Now, uh, we will quickly try this button press to see if it works. Nope, it's just sitting at me, blanking and flashing at me. So well done, right? Well, we'll, <clears throat> what, we'll what we'll do is we'll we will it. plug we'll plug it in. Are you going to plug it in or are you going to wing it? We'll wing it. Go on. Uh, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to the Engine Breaking Podcast. Um, we are delighted to say that this episode is brought to you by NordVPN. And uh, if you need a VPN, frankly, you all do. Listen, I've done over, what, 12, 15 years in IT security consultancy. Listen to me, you need a VPN, right? There's bad actors out there, I'm telling you. And uh, if you want yourself a VPN, right, go to nordvpn.com slash engine and you get a lovely little deal and you get to support the podcast. And with the money that, you know, we make, I can buy a new soundboard that works so I don't have to ad-lib this again. Thanks. But at the but at the same time, also, if you maybe um, you maybe like F one TV, you can also use that. If it's not necessarily available, it it can be available with a short button clip press and a uh, flight to uh, your favorite locale. Um, yeah, huge, huge thanks to NordVPN for supporting the Engine Breaking Podcast, and uh, you should definitely definitely get involved. Yeah, so I can buy a soundboard that fucking works. Let me just test this button. So that one works. Why does that work and nothing else works? It's fine. It's fine. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. But anyway, let's get into the Canadian Grand Prix preview. It's a, it's a pretty cool track. Honestly, Montreal, the Canadian Grand Prix is probably one of my favorite race events to attend as an engineer, but also for the nightlife. Uh, it's a great place. It's a really awesome yeah. city. Good Lovely vibes. people. Good food, good drinks. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, the circuit's not too far away from downtown Montreal. But yeah, what do, we, what do we know about the track, Dan? Talk to me. Listen, I'll tell you all about the track. It was first <laughs> raced, right? I'll tell you all about it. It was first raced in 1978. It's a 4.3 kilometer lap, and it's a 70 lap race. The lap record is 1 minute 13.078 which is held by Valtteri Bottas in 2019. So back when he was still at Mercedes. Yeah. And this is one of those, this is one of those, is it a street circuit or is it not? Yeah. It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Or is it, or is it not? But like this, the circuit is not used very regularly. Um, most popularly for the Formula One Grand Prix, but it's basically a lot of low to medium speed chicanes, a couple hairpins and uh, yeah, a big emphasis on top speed and traction. But it's it's also still a pretty tricky track, and it's often wet here. Last year in qualifying, we had Alonso and Alpine with P2, Verstappen on pole, um, and then we had a dry race with Verstappen win, Sainz P2, and a Mercedes 3-4. And that was the kind that was the time last season we're like, a Mercedes back. They weren't back. They were about half a percent off the entire season. So, 
Well, good news is that um, last time I checked, there was a 50-50% chance of rain on the Saturday and Sunday, um, which I think is their way of saying we've got no fucking idea. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Metio, not a chance on the weather surface that everybody uses. <laughs> but Yeah, we're not sure. Fuck it, maybe. Yeah, but in terms of the tires they're bringing to the race, it's going to be the same softest end of the compound range. Um, C3, C4, C5, those are your yep. hard, medium, and soft. Um, at, what do you, you reckon? Yeah, C5 will probably just be a qualifying tire because last year during the race, we had mixed two stops. We had medium, hard, medium, and medium, hard, hard races. So Yeah, no one touched the soft in the race. No, not at all. Um, so, yeah. Dog water. Yeah. Exactly. So it'll be some variation of that. I think your front runners will probably start on a medium and see how they go on that and run hard for a bit. Um, but if it's wet, hey, now, now, yeah. Now, one thing we let's talk about who who are we looking out for this weekend? Now, we'll get to our predictions later, but I'm thinking um, Red Bull, good shout for pole and a good race. Ferrari, I think possibly up in the mix as well okay, Merce- okay mercedes and aston i'm less favorable of because of the top speed requirement of this track but i yeah i, th- I think we could see ferrari yeah. shooting for pole. well you know listen i've only been saying it for the last seven races but hey guess what aston martin are bringing upgrades to this race this could be this could be the uh lance stroll victory in Canada that we've all been waiting for. It could be happening. Oh my God, you reckon? Yeah, and if it does, I'm, I'm necking a, a pint of maple syrup. Um, I said I was going to do it outside the Canadian embassy, but um, somebody were reminding me that because we're a Commonwealth, we don't have any Canadian embassies. Oh <laughs> no. do it outside Buckingham Palace or something, I don't know. What about, I don't know, are there, are there any famous like Canadian restaurants or statues or anything like that? I don't know, we'll figure something out. But Lance Scott okay. will win the race first. Look, hey, if he podiums, I'll do it. Okay. Okay. Well, you have fun. That sounds terrible. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> so what, what, what are some other interesting things about this circuit? Uh, track evolution is always quite high uh, because the surface is fairly smooth and they don't really use it outside of F1. Uh, so we're going to see, here we go, all sound, all, all fancy here. Oh, we're going to see a high degree of track evolution over the weekend. Uh, but we probably won't because it's probably going to fucking rain. But if it stays dry, we will. Okay, fair enough. Uh, another one is, you mentioned, is the pit loss here is really short because you basically dive bomb down into the final change of direction next to the wall of champions, dive into the pits, and then you exit at the exit of turn two. So... Correct. Or into turn two, into three, so it's like, yeah, whatever. Where no, no Yuki, great little pit loss here. Yuki infamously last year just drove straight off and into the wall. A bit like what you did when we played F1 2022. Yeah, but he didn't have autopilot on the pit exit. Mm. He was just like, yeah. <sighs> to the best of us, Yuki. My favorite memory of uh, Montreal was when uh, Perez got a penalty for Felipe Massa uh, driving into him. Yes, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. What a fucking useless goober. <laughs> the funniest part about that was Checo, I mean, Checo and Massa had a huge shunt, right? Um, and then Perez comes back one, yeah. from, 
Paris comes back from the medical center and we're, we're sitting in the, the office, which is a Connex box, like a, a shipping container, basically. And it's, it's nasty and hot in there and it stinks. And uh, it was me and GP sat there because we got taken out quite early. And we just like after the race was up, we just packed up. And then um, Paris walks in. And he's like, what's up, guys? I said, GP goes, yeah, you'll never guess what. And he's like, what? And he goes, uh, yeah, you've got the penalty for Massa taking you out. And he goes, ah, fuckers. And then walks out of the room. That was it. Yeah. That was literally it. Not even a rant, not even anything else. I was like, all right, dude. He was like, he was just over it at that point. Imagine the Williams used to be quick back then. They finished third in the championship that year. Yeah. Yeah, they did. The fuck happened? Like, Jesus. I mean, it's just, it happens to everybody at some point. Yeah, they just didn't have the money to uh, continuously invest into improvement, do they? Story of mm. all the small teams, really. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. But they were punching above their weight for a while. But uh, Yeah, I mean, they, they, the Mercedes engine in 2014 and 15 was OP, let's be honest. Yeah, fair enough. They had, yeah, they had like no drag. So they just flew along the straights. And because they were so quick, it didn't really matter that they were dog shit in the corners. <laughs> yeah, and qualifying Lewis is like, what are apexes? This thing is so goddamn yeah, fast. Well, the Williams was the one. No, I'm talking about the Williams. They had no oh, fine. Force. Yeah. Oh, well, well, Felipe kind of struggled to... Um, like I used, to, I remember watching some of his onboards from qualifying. It's like you know the turn in, he's leaving like a foot on the curb on the on the egg on the turn in. He's leaving a foot on the outside of the turn in. And so I was like, "What are you guys doing, mate?" Yeah, you what? have to turn into the corner like two corners before you reached it. That's uh, and then eventually the car might react, but it didn't matter because like I say, you just blasted it down the straight and it was like laters. <laughs> <sighs> oh, so, so I usually do this, but you've done. A little quiz. I have, I have. I thought, you know, why not? Why not spice things up? So, as we mentioned earlier, was it since 1978 we've had uh, 41 Grand Prix there, right? And chat, and everyone at home, you can play along this as well. 41 Grand Prix, right? Mm -hmm. What's the driver? Who's the driver with the most pole positions at this circuit? I reckon it's Schumacher with like six or seven. Uh, yes, weirdly, you got that spot on. It's Schumacher with six. Um, <laughs> uh, joint, joint first with who else? Oh, is it one of the greats? Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, is it Prost? Oh, it's Lewis Hamilton. Ah. I was going to make a funny joke, but yeah. yeah no, he's no, one of the greats. cancelled. Come on. No. Okay. He's got seven uh, world an... championships. I've got to call him a great, even if I am sitting here wearing a red that, top. Yeah, that is that is actually, honestly, not remotely surprising. And just for completion's sake, third place, uh, Sebastian Vettel with five. Ooh. So with that information in mind, uh, who's the driver with the most wins? It's not Schumacher, is it? Is it Hamilton? Well, bizarrely enough, it's also joint between Michael Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton with seven. <laughs> Decent. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah. I'm doing and, okay. And uh, third place, uh, Nelson PK with three. Um, Never heard of the guy. No, nah, no, he's cancelled. Get out. Uh, driver with the most podiums. Oh, it's not Hulkenberg. No, it's not Hulkenberg. No, funnily enough, it's not Hulkenberg. Uh, oh my god. Um 
Ooh, is it somebody who's still driving on the grid? Uh, one of them is. Oh, is it joint? Well, it's the top three, but the second place is still on the grid. It's gotta be Hamilton. Second place is Hamilton with nine. Yep, Michael Schumacher is first with twelve podiums. Wow! And uh, Sevi Boy is third with six podiums. Right, Sebastian. Now, here's here's a good one. Ooh. Team with the most wins. Now, this is tied between three teams. Oh. Well. Hit me with it. I reckon one of them's Ferrari. Correct, yeah. The other one's Mercedes. Incorrect. Is there a McLaren in there? Correct. One and more. Is it Willys? It is, yeah. Williams, McLaren, Whoa! and Ferrari joint with eight wins each. Okay. Uh, Mercedes and Red Bull joint second with four each. Brabham with three. Uh, Lotus with two, Bennett and two, BAR one, a Renault one. Oh. Right. Here we go. Now, to be fair, you may have, I did tweet this, so you may have seen I'm, this I'm, on Twitter. I haven't been on Twitter. Good. Right. Hear me out. Bonus question. <clears throat> Ferrari engines have been on the podium 35 times. Go on, lad. Ferrari as a constructor have only been on it 34 times. Uh, what was the odd one out? Now I will accept a point for each year, driver, and uh, team. It was a Torosso? Nope. Was it Minardi? Nope. All right, I'm done. Sergio Perez finished third in 2012. Oh, Sauber! Sauber. Oh my God, that was that was a that was they were fucking rapid that year as well, weren't they? Yeah, Sauber Ferrari, and they had bizarrely sponsorship from the Chelsea Football Club, which was weird. Yeah, I was like, what's Chelsea football? That's like a lady's name, isn't it? I don't know, football. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. What year was that? It's 2012. That was my first season. That's why I don't remember it. I blocked most of that out. Mm, fair enough. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Well, enough, enough for me. I feel like I did a lot better on that than, uh, yeah, the Formula One quiz. But whoever, yeah, did the, the, whoever did the F1 subreddit, F1 quiz, some of those questions were very, very... Uh, very niche and connoisseur like and i'm yeah 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 and anil fine fine he, he's he's too much of a guru for me but uh right let's, let's get into it predictions for qualifying dan i need your top five you guys have heard enough bullshit from me let's get into your top five uh it's gonna be a wet qualifying it's gonna be chaotic okay lando norris is gonna take pole go on lando let's go lando all right george russell is gonna take second oh my jesus uh, and then for shits and giggles, Lance Stroll will take third. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do one different. I, I think we could have a wet qualifying. So let's do oh, wet shit, qualifying. Yeah. I think Sorry. I, I just, I just remembered you wanted top five, didn't you? Oh, yeah, Sorry, let me complete that. Norris, uh, Russell, Stroll, uh, Alonso. And then who else is even more random? Um, fuck it. Let's have Magnuson in fifth. Sar Sergeant. Oh, Jesus. I'm not that wild. Uh, right, so I'm I'm gonna go with Verstappen, uh, Alonso, Hamilton, Perez, and Stroll. Nice. At least nice. One us, at least one of us was semi sensible. Yeah. Okay. Your podium. Uh, podium. So for the podium, uh, I reckon. Uh, fuck it. I'm I'm leaning into it. Lance Stroll, the hero of Canada, will take the win. Uh, Alonso will be second just to piss off all of his fans who are still waiting for his next win 
And uh, who will be third? Let's put number thirty-three. Number thirty-three is not coming anytime soon, or is it? Yeah. Uh, who should I put third for the ultimate shithousery? Uh, let's put Russell up there. Fuck it. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Um, okay, I'm gonna go for Stappen, Perez, Leclerc. Yeah, again, another safe bet. Yeah, it is. It is pretty safe, but I think Ferrari should go well here. I think Ferrari should go well here. Probably. But I just want to spice it up with a bit of rain, so I'm going yeah. a bit outlandish. I think you just want to go neck a bottle of maple syrup somewhere, don't you? I mean, it's bold for everyone to assume that I don't do that in my spare time already. I mean, have you seen me? I'm you look, not exactly you do look, the pinnacle of fitness. You do look kind of sweet, though. I, think I am, thank you. <laughs> like, people think I've got a ginger beard. No, this has just been stained from the amount of maple syrup I'm making on the quiet. <laughs> Well, are you pouring maple syrup on your head too, yeah, then so you fucking bit, goober? This is stained by nicotine, and this bit stained by syrup, and then this is like a cider stain. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Where's the cappuccino at? The cappuccino, fuck it. He's on the top of your head. With fancy drinks like that, son. All right. Random fandom draw, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, sorry, soundboard's broken. So, <laughs> random fandom. Uh, That's better than the original. It was, yeah. Oh, fuck's sake. I haven't even got the, I haven't even got the spinny wheel up yet. Right. Oh, my God. My so, God. Let me go back to our, our recap of random fandom quickly because it's it's been a wild one. Uh, who do we have? I you had Alpha Tauri last week, where Nick was P14, Yuki was P15 in qualifying, or the was that the race result? Yeah, that was, that was the quality. I had Mercedes, and I thought they did all right last weekend. But who are we gonna have this week? Well, while you was explaining that, you uh, got McLaren. Okay. And okay. Uh, spin for me. Who did I get? I've got. Oof. Got Alpine. Alpine. Mm. Oh my! Too bad recently. No, they haven't. Uh, Otmar's off the off the bubble because they were just kind of like having some hiccups, and Laurent Rossi was just like, "Oh fuck you." I think this is all his fault, honestly. Yeah, the fact that he tried to, yeah, the fact that he tried to steamroll Otmar. Otmar's a goddamn saint. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, oh, I'm Rossi's down, I'm down for sacking off Laurent Rossi. Rossi's the fraud. For real, <laughs> yeah. But but anyways, so let's 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 have a quick roundup. So if you're not following the Engine Breaking podcast on YouTube, you should because there's a very probable chance that we will be moving the live streams of the podcast over onto YouTube. There were some concerns with uh, Twitch's terms of service last week, but they've gone back on. But um, I think we're we're discussing it. So watch this space. But we also post shorts and some clips to YouTube. So if you don't have time to consume the whole episode uh get involved but yeah uh so we will be probably most likely the podcast will be on youtube soon maybe not this week but yeah but uh yeah oh yeah uh go follow me on youtube uh ngmo11 on youtube because that's the thing again now where basically i'm just shit housing my way around i racing trying to be a better driver oh hell yeah uh big up your local butcher uh, uh, speaking of, ooh, I have ordered ooh. another four kilo brisket uh, from the butcher, my local, this like week. To, do you remember the name of the butcher? Would you like to shout them out live on air? Uh, 
it's actually not super super local but it's like a, a local it's not tesco it's like the village butcher it's i think they're morrison's in essex isn't it that's not morrison's no i it's, i'm pretty sure it's the village butcher in essex um right, so shout I, out I, shout out the village butcher uh shout out stevenage family butchers up the oval big up uh, uh i guess guess what i'm gonna cook that brisket on uh is it the traeger grill that you've got the traeger ironwood 650 baby I still fucking haven't got one, have I? Mm, thanks, no. Traeger. We're going to get there one day, chat. One day. <laughs> right? uh, when we're big awesome. and famous, one day they're going to come through with that grill and I'm going to cook a meal for all of you on it. Yeah. Dude, uh, what about like a Traeger F1 engine braking collab in the United States with brisket? Yeah, we could do it. We could, we could okay. cook while interviewing F1 personalities. It, Let's go. It's a perfect combo, man. It's, it's the way. It's the way. So... Um, local butchers, grandparents, grandmothers. Yep, checking on your mates. mom's dads. Check on them. How are you doing, by the way? Me, yeah. um, I'm stumbling from crisis to crisis, mate. But we're still here. We're still good. Love that. Love that. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get back to work. Check us out. Follow us everywhere. Uh, next Monday will be our podcast. I'm not sure if it'll be on Twitch or on YouTube, but either way, afterwards it'll be on Spotify, Apple Music, and all that stuff. So, um, thank you guys for all the love. We've gone from strength to strength of this podcast. Another huge shout out. Thank you to NordVPN for uh, being a part of this and uh, trusting us. And uh, that stuff's awesome, man. I couldn't watch F1 without MultiViewer. I definitely don't Amen. have to use VPN to watch F1 TV Pro and MultiViewer. Uh, big shout out to MultiViewer for F1. If you're not using that to watch Formula One or WEC or IndyCar, oh my God, what are you, what are you doing? Honestly, true that, appreciate true that. you. And that, that, that last bit, MultiViewer is not an ad. That's just a, that's just a, it's just a truth. If you're not using it, you're fucking lost and check it out. Do Google it if you don't know it. All right. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon. Yep. Fuck off. <laughs>